Shalom. Welcome again to another edition of Seekers of Meaning, the podcast and TV arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. I'm your host, Rabbi Richard Address, and you can reach us for comments and concerns and questions about the podcast at rabbiaddress at jewishsacredaging.com. We thank you for your support, your continued support for these podcasts. If you'd like to make a tax-free donation to help support our work at Jewish Sacred Aging and the Seekers of Meaning, Please go to the website, jewishsacredaging.com, and click on the donate button and just follow the real easy prompts, and we appreciate your your contributions and support. Uh, we are very pleased to welcome uh, to today's edition of Secrets of Meaning, Rabbi Ilana Zaman from, um, I think, the beautiful city of Seattle, Washington, We're in a Correct. beautiful part of the country, <laughs> part of the United States. Um, um, the author for our particular concerns today of a very interesting book called The Forever Letter, Writing What We Believe for Those We Love. Um, Ilana, welcome. Welcome to Seekers of Meaning. It's it's great to see you, and I hope you're well and your family's well and everybody's healthy and safe in beautiful Seattle. Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Everyone's everyone's doing good. It's wonderful to be with you. Great. Great, great, great. Um, let's get right. What is, what is the forever letter? The very interesting concept, very interesting title of the book, interesting concept. Talk to me about what you mean by the forever letter. So a forever letter is a letter that we write uh, to the people who are most important to us uh, to deepen, heal and uplift our relationships. And the beauty of a forever letter is it's a reflective process. It grows us. Uh, when we write, we come to understand ourselves better. We reflect on on who we are and how we want to show up in the world. Uh, it helps us to be more honest with ourselves. Are we being true to ourselves, to what is most important to us? Are we acting in the ways we claim we believe? Uh, are we who we think we are? And through the process of writing one, um, you know, we may learn some things about ourselves that we didn't quite know before. When I was writing one to my son, he was still too young to read it at the time. But when I was writing my first one to my son about the values I wanted to instill and all of that, I had um, an interesting experience upon reading it because I realized that I wasn't quite doing the things that I thought I was doing or the, 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 um, uh, what I was hoping would be a value. I wasn't showing him how to do it. So I was like, huh, it was a learning for me. And then it gave, it gave me a chance to reevaluate, uh, is this uh, something that's still meaningful to me or not? So that's, um, so that's kind of what it, uh, writing a forever letter can do. So you, you write, actually, there's, um, I wanted to ask you about this on um, page, yeah, the beginning of the book, uh -huh. right in the beginning of the book, on page eight, you have this wonderful poem. Uh, by uh, Donna Makoba, yeah. called Invitation, which goes, may we learn to open in love so that all the doors and windows of our bodies swing wide on their rusty hinges. Mine are very rusty. May we uh, learn to give ourselves with both hands to lift each other on our shoulders to carry one another along. May holiness move us in so we pay attention to its small voice and honor its light in each other. It's a great poem. It's it's a great poem. Talk to me about that poem and how you use that in connection to the to these letters. I found that poem and was so moved. And what I really um, looked at it as it's, it's an opening uh, to to writing. Uh, how do we show up as our true selves? 
uh, how do we let the holiness of being our true self emerge? Right? I love that line, may holiness move in us so we may be, pay attention to its still small voice and honor its light in each other. It's really about honoring who the other person, who the other person is uh, and honoring who we ourselves are. Um, so that's part of uh, this idea. And I just, I'll make a distinction here between um, a forever letter and an ethical will, because that's a question that I get quite often. So the forever letter is not an ethical will or a tzaba'a, a commanded letter, uh, or a legacy letter, though one could write a forever letter as a legacy letter. Uh, but a forever letter is not about, a lot of the tzaba'ot were about commandments and commanding or dictating to someone how to live their lives not about pressuring them to live the lives that the person themselves lived, but, but sometimes there was a real feeling of commandedness. And so that re- one of the distinctions between a forever letter and an ethical will is that forever letters, the primary focus is about relationship and connection um, in whatever kind of forever letter one writes. So it's, it's writing in a psychologically attuned way to express our feelings and thoughts, to honor the other, sometimes to appreciate, sometimes to share hard truths, sometimes to ask for forgiveness or to offer forgiveness, sometimes to share love or gratitude. Uh, but the idea is that there's a real connection between the self and the person to whom one is writing and to uplift the other and to also um, share the connection between the two. Another distinction is that it's not necessarily top down. It's not necessarily parent to child or grandparent to child. It's a letter anyone can write to anyone. Kids to parents, siblings to one another, spouses to one another, um, teachers, students to one another. And oftentimes, another distinction is forever, uh, ethical wills are often left to be shared after someone dies. And in fact, a forever letter is meant to be given while we're still alive. Because the idea is that when you connect deeply with someone, especially if there's a rift or something going on, there's the opportunity to heal. There's the opportunity to connect. Uh, I can't tell how many times people have said they wrote, they found a letter in the, um, uh, in their, um, some safety deposit box or in the drawer of a dresser. And it opened up the meaning of who this person was that they had never known. And there's an onset of tears, not just because of the death of the person and the sadness of that, but because of the fact that they didn't really know who this person was. And the person never, you know, there was, had they spoken, had they spoken, there would have been more resolve uh, to that relationship. Um, and one way in which they're familiar uh, is the sense of urgency. An ethical will had the sense of urgency when it was written. Uh, it was, the idea was that if someone were writing a letter to a child, sometimes they wrote a letter, parents to children, when the child was very young, they added to it over the years. Sometimes they wrote a letter when they were older and thinking that their death was near. And other times they wrote it uh, when they were going off on a long journey and they were afraid of their safe return. And so the idea is that sense of urgency I brought into the forever letter because we don't know how much time we have in this world. I mean, our world is a little crazy, right? Between droughts and floods and uh, killings, um, we don't know how much time we have. So um, why not? do it now and really try to deepen and heal and uplift the relationships that matter to us most. 
So I, I, as I'm reading the book, um, I, I, one of the things I jotted down right away as I was about a third of the way through the book is the following. Why a letter? Okay. We live, you know, um, uh, nobody makes phone. Everybody's on the, you know, the machine. <laughs> yeah. Um, why not, why not a forever email or a forever WhatsApp or what chat or whatever it's called or TikTok, whatever, or, or what, I don't know. But the point uh-huh. is, and you do write this, you, you do, I think, uh, channel, uh, Saroyan's, um, um, in the beginning of the book with a quote on one of the lines, uh, from his, uh, one of his books of saying, I can say in a letter what I can never say in speech. You know, why a letter as opposed to, well, just write a forever email. What's the difference? So at least with, with texts and things like that, sometimes there are forever texts that people write. Uh, but there's something different about crafting a letter and thinking about it and writing it and perhaps letting it sit and incubate and then editing it um, so that it says really what you want to say. Um, and there's a reflective process that goes along with writing a letter. That can happen with an email too, right? You can write a forever letter email. Um, the issue is that there's a different process with getting a letter in the mail and turning around to open it up and not looking at a screen. Um, so there's, there's some, I remember my, uh, uh, father-in-law wrote a letter to, uh, my husband and, uh, it came in the mail and he is always online. And when it came in the mail, I actually happened to walk by his office and I saw him open the letter, turn away from the computer and read it. And, it has a different thing holding a letter in your hand. Sometimes it's you see the person's writing. Sometimes the person's writing is absolutely illegible. So I suggest that person type and then they can, uh, you know, put a, put a few words on the bottom that they've, that they've written. But there's that, that reflective process. Uh, and the thing about emails is sometimes they get lost. I had a dear friend who said he wrote a letter to his son before his son was born. It was this beautiful, beautiful letter. And I said, do you have it? He said, you know, I don't know. It's on. I don't think I ever saved it. And finally he was able to find it and he gave it to his son. And had he, I not brought that up, he might not have been even able to find it. So there's something about the gift of holding it in one's hand. Are you, are you right? I have to ask you also this, this, um, what is a clearness committee? A clearness committee. That's, it's, that's a, that's really cool concept. Why don't you explain that? Cause it's in the, in the book. Um, so a clearness committee is, um, it was, it's a Quaker tradition of bringing an issue forward, uh, to a committee and, um, discussing it deeply with, uh, people that you've trusted. So you put together a committee and, um, a beautiful, beautiful, uh, rendition of this is in Parker Palmer's and one of Parker Palmer's, pa- Parker Palmer's books. Uh, and, uh, he talks about, uh, having a clearness committee for a decision whether or not to take a job as head of a college. And uh, he really thought he wanted this job. And someone in the committee asked him, so what do you want this job for? And he went on and on and on with all these reasons as to why he didn't want it. And then the questioner asked again, and then he went on and on with all the reasons he didn't want it. And finally, at the end, he said, you know, um, I, I didn't ask you what you didn't want. I asked you what you wanted. And there was a long period of silence and he came up with, you know, I want my picture in the paper with president underneath it. 
right? And then it was a long silence and, and laughter erupted finally. And it was like, wow, through that process of asking and being with close uh, friends and colleagues, you're able to determine really what's in your heart. And so I, I, I just loved that, that piece and that, that can be something that one leads to writing, uh, such a letter. So you, you do, uh, workshops mm -hmm. and, um, lectures around the book and about also your, your work as a rabbi. So right now, if somebody wanted to contact you to further this and created a relationship with you, how do they get in touch with you? Oh, they can find me on the web. Uh, just alanazaman.com and they can send an email asking for, uh, to get together or to create something. There's since COVID, I've been doing a lot online, uh, which has been really yes, we all, nice yeah. as we all have. <laughs> right. Right. So again, again, Ilana, it's E, just spell it okay. out so people e -L -A -N -A, can. E-L-A-N-A, Zaman, Z-A-I-M-A-N.com. So you do these writing workshops. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you speak, uh, I would probably think that somebody may have raised their hand once or twice in all these workshops you're doing and saying, I, I, I can't write. What are you asking me to write? I, I, I don't know how to do this. How do you answer that question? You don't have to write. Um, in other words, you don't have to be a writer to do this. The person really wants to hear your voice. Uh, you know, uh, some people are not that fluent, let's say, in English, and the person they're writing to only speaks English and not the native tongue of the person who's writing. And so what I actually suggest is that person can write and have help with someone, but to speak in the way they speak, right? I love you instead of I love you, right? And that, that, it's about that person and the connection that they have to, to the relationship, to the other person they're writing to. Um, I've also had people that say, you know, uh, in a workshop, someone said to me once, she said, you know, I, uh, I, I have a mother who's really aging and we don't have the greatest connection, but after being together in this workshop, I'm not sure I can write her a letter because her dementia is too deep, but it's going to change how I interact with her. So even if one doesn't write, I think a lot of these techniques are also for, uh, relationship building and connection, whether one decides to write or not. Well, you have this wonderful line in the book yeah. uh, that talked about relationships. It, it says, and, and I quote, it's on page 42, in case somebody wants to check me on it. <laughs> Writing changes us, gives us the opportunity to make changes in ourselves, which is interesting, and opens up the possibility for us to make changes in our relationships. So I guess the questions are, how does writing open up the possibility of changing changes in ourselves and also then part B changes in our relationships. So I think it's through that reflective process. Um, by sitting down and by writing and by like what happened with my son when I wrote, right? To me, like I thought I was someone different than who I was. And so it lets us see who we really are if we're writing a deeper kind of depthful forever letter, right? We, it, it gives us the opportunity uh, to really delve into, to delve into in a more deep way uh, than we would, right? As we talked about before in an email or a text. Um, no, emails are still pretty good depending on how we go through that. By the way, I print out 
when I get a great email that's like a letter, I print it out and I save it in a three ring notebook because otherwise I would lose them. And I'm so glad I did because, um, I have now these emails from both of my parents. My mom is still alive. My dad is not. And I can return to this book of emails that he sent me to, to feel his presence and to feel his love. And it's been such a gift to me. And if I didn't print them out, I would have lost them. I would have lost them. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. So, you know, on these relationship things, it, every, every colleague has, you know, had these conversations with a, with a friend or usually a member of a congregation, uh, dealing with estrangement. And there's so much estrangement right now. Um, in the country, um, the, the the writing of a letter to someone who you've been estranged with, even with the understanding that it may not heal the estrangement, right. but I guess it means also that that be part of what that quote that it may heal my own relationship and bring a sense of I've done this and really is I can't do anything more, and hopefully this person will respond in kind. Right. I'm sure you've had this experience, right? Yes. And in fact, um, sometimes there is no response, but the person writing it has said, I have to write it for me. And whether there's a response or not doesn't matter. We don't know if the person opens it. We don't know what happens, but the person who was writing it cleared something within them, right? There's, um, there is also, I believe a forever letter can be written to someone who has died. Right. So, for example, um, if there's been a rupture in that relationship and the person is still carrying it, they can just write and write and write and get it out. And maybe through doing that, it's almost a forever letter to themselves in some ways to help them move forward. But I did have a beautiful experience happen once. A man told me this story in a workshop. He was estranged from his father uh, for many, many years. His father, I mean, they weren't connected. And when his father was about 74, his father reached out and said, you know, um, uh, wrote a letter and said, I'd like to connect. I know we haven't been in touch. I have a, 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 a terminal illness and I'd like to see you. And the son, you know, maybe in his 40s, 50s at the time was like, hmm, you know, do I do this? Do I not do this? And finally, he decided to, to connect with his father. They met. They had a relationship. It wasn't a great relationship, but they had something. And. Um, this man was just like, wow, that, that letter opened up something that would never have happened. And what's interesting is this father lived till he was 94. So 20 more years, 20 more years. And everybody in the room that night thought, wow, by unburdening himself, by asking for forgiveness, by showing up, there was something that loosed in him, right? That, that he was then able to live as long. And there are, there are studies that show when we, when we hold on to, you know, regrets and when we don't ask for forgiveness and when we don't forgive and when we're, that it, it leads to horrible health problems. So it really right. opens up the possibility for, for connection and a really, um, and health and positive health too. No, no, when you were, as I, as we've all taught classes about you know, health and wellness. And we do this a lot in Jewish sacred aging. When you, when you repress feelings and you, it's going to go someplace and it usually winds up creating disease within the body and the soul. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, we're posting this uh, during the, uh, 
the Yantif season. So the Rosh and Yom Kippur and Sukkot and Simchat Torah. And one of the great midrash, as all my colleagues and many lay people know, is that we begin the new year with a with a blank, a, a new scroll. It's blank. Right. And I'm reading through the forever letter. I'm saying, well, that there's got to be this. You must use this this imagery every high holidays because really, right? We're beginning to write a new forever letter to ourselves. Absolutely. We, right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly. And and. The, and the image of that, the, the power of that. Do you know people who do that, who will write a letter to themselves every Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur just, just to see it, to prioritize? I, I, it's a very interesting, almost as if, you know, you could do this every high holiday on Yom Kippur afternoon, have a, a, a workshop where we, if you choose to write on the Yontif, to begin to do this process. I mean, have you ever run into this? Yeah. Uh-huh. There are people who absolutely uh, do that as a process. Um, for people who are not necessarily Jewish, I've heard stories like, uh, there's a beautiful story once that, a uh, it was, um, a graduate student told me, she said they had a tradition in their family of writing birthday letters every year and their parents would write to the kids and all the kids were expected to write. And even if they couldn't write yet, they were expected to draw pictures. And so everyone had a box from letter of letters oh, that's from cool. everyone in the family, parents, grandparents, siblings that they had. And, and so it, it serves as a reminder and a testament to what that relationship was like at a given point in time and, and the connectedness between people. And it, what a treasure, what a treasure. So every year that happened. And she said, you know, we got presents, you know, but presents weren't emphasized that it, it wasn't, it wasn't about the present. The big thing was about the letter. So it's like a similar idea. Oh, no, this is a great idea. I mean, the, the, because you're right, it, it, it opens up, well, it opens up relationships, but also I would imagine, and this is also occurred to me as I'm reading the book, when you're talking about writing the letters and first of taking the time and sitting down and processing what you're writing, except instead of just zipping it off and waiting and hope that autocorrect or spell correct <laughs> changes what you, because we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's about the art of conversation. We're, we seem to be raising a generation or two of, of people who have, are they losing the art of being able to sit down and talk face to face with another human being without the screen? And do, does the forever letter concept help break that down? Is that one of your goals Absolutely. or intended consequences? Absolutely. Go ahead, talk about there, it. You know, it's trying to, to move us away from digital and move us into our hearts. There is someone who said once that when we actually write with our pen, there's a direct line from the pen to the heart. Um, and I recommend, yeah. I mean, people have different uh, ways that they approach writing. Some people actually have to sit down and type. But I suggest that when people do initial drafts and when I'm in workshops, I suggest people just write with their hand, uh, because no one's going to see it but them. Um, and it really, it opens up. It opens up something that's different. Uh, and again, it takes you into just a much more reflective place. Based upon your work um, as a teacher, as rabbi, chaplain, et cetera, et cetera, what's, and especially now at the beginning, this very reflective period, yeah. what's the What's the best gift a person can give themselves? 
I think writing a letter, I mean, I think writing this letter yeah. is a wonderful gift. Um, writing it to the different people in your life whom you love, um, asking the questions. I mean, there are questions included in the book, but the basic is, right. you know, uh, what does this person mean to me? What do I need to say to this person about them? What do I need to say to this person about me and come maybe come clean or, or share something? And how do I want to uplift the relationship? What do I want to say about the relationship? Um, and that's such a gift, such a gift. And, you know, we all expect um, when we do that and send it, we're like eagerly like checking the mail, like, oh, my gosh, is someone going to write back? Uh, and I've had people who've said, um, no, they never received something uh, and it hurt or that a, a one an individual woman wrote she was in her 80s uh and she said she wrote to her children and she was really upset that she hadn't heard from anyone the only thing she heard from one daughter was to say the daughter said um um who helped you put write this because the woman had parkinson's and she couldn't really write so who helped you write this and she was feeling kind of sad about it and as we're sitting there talking and I'm listening she says her her face lit up like and I'm like, what just happened? And she said, wow. She said, you know, when I was growing up, my father was really ill. And one day he gave me a letter and I read it. And it was the most beautiful letter I got. And she said, I don't think I ever thanked him. And she said, so, mm. aha, like that was an aha moment. Like I wrote and they got it. And that was what I needed to do. And they'll, they'll, they'll hold on to it. They'll see it for whatever they see it with. And, and we never know how it will shift over the years, right? How having that letter will be something that someone will go back to after a person dies to say, Oh, I'm so glad I have this, these words from my mother or from my father. Um, it makes such a difference. It's such a difference. And I do, I do want to lift up the, what you just alluded to. In the back of the book, there are, there's a series of appendices with some tips and how to get started and prompts, et cetera, et cetera, and a very lovely little riff about blessing. And anybody in workshops ever write a letter to God? Very interesting question. Um, I've had more people write to people who have died. If they wrote to God, I did not. No one shared that with me. No one shared that with me. All right. Um, and that's not, that's not out of the realm. Um, that's not a great no, question. No. It's not out of the realm, but I haven't had anyone yet do it. But maybe I can start to suggest it. It's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, for your next workshop, you know, write a letter to God. We, there's a few things we like to say to right. her, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, we, we've been talking with, with Rabbi Elana Zaman, the author of The Forever Letter. Um, Ilana, thank you very, very much uh, for your time and for your um, your love of this, this process. It's a great process, and I hope people respond to it. And real fast, real fast, again, if somebody wants to connect with you, the, the website is? What? Uh, my name, E-L-A-N-A-Z-A-I-M-A-N, and dot com. Thank you. Thank you, Richard, thank you very so much. much. Pleasure to be with you. My pleasure. My pleasure. And, um, you just stay safe and stay healthy out there and happy new year and just much many blessings many blessings you too you too to all of you thank you again for joining us on today's edition of seekers of meeting the podcast and tv arm of jewish sacred aging again if you'd like to connect with us uh please email me rabbi address at jewish sacred aging.com a big shout out to our producer steve lubetkin because these 
Podcasts are produced at the Broadcast Center of Lubeckin Media Companies here in beautiful Southern New Jersey. Again, thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Rabbi Richard Address, and I look forward to greeting you on our next Speakers of Meaning TV show and podcast. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and most of all, be kind. Tada, shalom. <laughs>